should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. We're bringing back morning basketball talk to the game. Bro, what are you talking about, man? From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, the game presents you cool, man. Rip City Wake and Take. That's cute, man. That's cute. Now your hosts, alongside Jay Gliss, here's Alex Moore. Nurkic protecting it away from Adams. Doesn't have an outlet yet, but now finds Lillard. Double team, pass to Nurkic. Spins on Gibson and flips it in. How about Yusuf Nurkic with two big field goals here in the closing seconds of this game? Welcome into the Rip City Wake and Take. It's a off-season edition. Our first off-season edition of the show. So I had to come in with one of my favorite moments of the season because I want this to be positive, Gliss. I'm here with my co-host of the Rip City Wake and Take, Jay Gliss. Hey, what's up? And I you know I wanted to play something that's nice and happy. And uh, you remember this game. It was the Blazers playing OKC, and Nurkic had a beautiful little pick and roll with Damian Lillard. They had a little give and go type thing. Nurkic catches it in the paint, flips it up and in, and the Blazers would go on to win that game. I believe one twenty to one sixteen at Oklahoma City. It was one of the it was a, one of those uh, they like to use that word statement wins. Um, you know, one of those memorable wins from the season where. You really see what the Blazers were capable of on this team with Nurkic. Of course, we didn't get to see that in the playoffs. But it was exciting to see how this team with a true center was able to play. And that game was one of the best examples of that. So, in our first off-season edition of the Rip City Wake and Take, I wanted to just come in with one of my favorite memories of the year. Gliss, do you have a favorite memory of this season that we went on You know, as a, as a positive memory? Yeah, the, I guess the two that stand out for me would be um, the game at Miami. Yeah. Uh, because uh, for several reasons. Because at that point, it had been a couple weeks since the trade. Okay. Uh, Nurkic was kind of getting acclimated into the lineup. And, of course, you remember Damian Lillard had, uh, I believe it was 49 points on that night. And it capped off a 3-1 and uh, a three and one road trip after they started out with a huge loss at New Orleans. So I thought that was really the turning point of the season in terms of the getting into the playoffs. And then uh, obviously the Denver game was big as well. But that Miami game, I think, just kind of solidified like, okay, this team's really uh, going to make a legit run to get that eighth seed. Yeah, and that was that was an exciting – seeing them win on the road like that. And they course. also – in that, in that uh, series as well, I believe it was uh, – they beat Oklahoma City – and I believe San Antonio as well. So, I mean, it was a very impressive road trip after, you know, people were, I think after that first game, I think they got down by like 20-something points in that yeah. first quarter against New Orleans. And, you know, it almost looked like, okay, if this is how this, this four-game series that was very important at the time is going to go, then they are not making the playoffs. And they were able to turn it around uh, kind of capped off by Dame's 49 points at yeah. Miami. and Dame did have 49 points in that game. And Look at me. Yeah, there you go. And the Blazers <laughs> win 115-104 to 104 in that one. That wasn't exciting. I'm not going to lie, Gliss. I wasn't expecting you to say that, but that is a great yeah. memory. That is a great memory. Absolutely. I'm Lillard just thinking in terms of the time. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. Diff- good, good points Gliss, of the season Gliss, that you have make very, a difference. You have very in-depth Blazers memory, so that's why I appreciate that. Because yeah. I was not, I was thinking, I don't know, maybe he's going to say Lillard's putting up 59 against yeah. Utah, right. but then you throw out the 49 number, and it kind of threw me off, but yeah. yes, that is a that is an excellent memory. The Blazers, that that kind of stretch where you kind of saw them because they'd struggled so much on the road earlier yeah. in the season, so they're starting to put together a bunch of road wins, and you're like, okay, what's this team kind of capable of now that they're able to do this on the road? Absolutely. And 
another thing that makes this another great pick by Gliss again, another reason this is a great pick is because Miami was hot. Yeah. Miami's one of the hottest teams in the year. Second half of the season, they had a what, a 11 game win streak at one point. They yep. had a they had a lot going for them. So it was a big time win for the Blazers to win at Miami. But today on the show, I just wanted to quickly touch on a few memories. <clears throat> we're going to we're going to talk some Brandon Roy cuz we kind of have to. Why what happened? No. <laughs> I'll let <laughs> you know kidding. in a little bit, Gliss. I'll let you know in a little bit. We'll t- we're going to talk <clears throat> some B-Roy and we'll also talk as fans of the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, who do you who do you vote for in this NBA playoffs now? Who are you pulling for? Because now with the Blazers gone, obviously the attention kind of changes for people who watch Portland and people who are still NBA fans. You still want to? I still have this feeling that you kind of want to root for someone. There also is that feeling that oh, I don't want anyone to win. But I will we'll kind of we'll go deeper into that. See who we're rooting for, and uh, of course we'll talk a little bit Blazers moving forward. Uh, we'll save that for the end of the podcast. What do you want to see this offseason? That kind of stuff. We'll kind of create our offseason plan also for the Rip City Wake and Take. What are we going to talk about as we delve into the offseason? And what do we want to see from Portland as we go into next year? But yeah, B-Roy, my man, my hero, the guy who got me really into basketball. Honestly, Brandon Roy was this guy who came to the Blazers, kind of revived them, and was an absolute role model, 100%. Someone I looked up to when I was in high school. And watching Portland Trailblazers basketball, someone who I, you know, wanted to be like, of course. And he, the man just goes and proves it again. No matter how much he went through in his NBA career, he does it again. I don't know if you've heard this story, but it broke last night, which is weird because it happened over the weekend. In our Twitter world of instant satisfaction, a story broke a couple days after it happened. I can't believe it. But Brandon Roy was at his grandmother's house uh, down in Southern California, I believe, somewhere in California. Los Angeles. Los Angeles, yeah. yeah. And there was a gang shooting that broke out near his grandmother's house. And now there's not a whole lot of details on what exactly happened, but Brandon Roy was attempting to block or get in the way of some kids, you know, protect some kids from some bullets. And he got shot. Yeah, and... And so, from what I've heard, like in the last hour, I guess there's more details coming out. And apparently... I don't know. I haven't heard. I haven't seen this circulated to the point where it's like been confirmed. But yeah. from what I, the latest reports I've seen, it actually say that it was. I don't know if it was directed at them, but it was basically uh, they came up into that general area and just started randomly shooting. Okay. So I'm not sure if there was a big group function. Or, you know, how many people were actually there. Because I think he was there for some kind of family function or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, But from what I had been hearing in the last hour or so, that it was actually, you know, a very direct thing where the group uh, essentially approached the area that he was in um, and started randomly shooting for no apparent reason. Yeah, so Oregon Live has a story that was updated three hours ago. So fairly, fairly updated. Um, there's, he said, the article says basically what we said, Roy and others were standing outside his grandmother's house in Compton when he was shot. According to the times, two men walked up to Roy and a group of people he was with and started firing. So this is a, it sounds like a completely random occurrence based off the facts that we have right now. The men did not say anything before firing in an incident that reportedly could be gang related. Maybe he was wearing his blazer colors. Maybe. (laughs) I hope, I I hope not. (laughs) But this is, this is. It's just something that makes me feel a little bit nostalgic watching Brandon Roy play basketball 
And he was just so much fun to not only watch on the court, but how he handled himself off the court, off the court and how he was just this guy that was absolutely stand up. A little story that I have with him when I was in high school, I got the opportunity to go to a Blazers uh, practice, a, tr- a training camp practice um, through my high school newspaper. I was really nervous because I was I'm always been a big Blazers fan. It was I'd seen these guys on the TV and was absolutely starstruck by Brandon Roy. But essentially, someone in the um, someone noticed that I was being kind of, you know, I was kind of standing off. I was too afraid to interview anyone. And they they came up to me and said, hey, you know, go talk to go talk to Brandon Roy and just kind of, you know, gently pushed me toward B-Roy. And then I went up to him and he was incredibly nice, great guy, answered all my questions really well. He could tell I was a little nervous. So, you know, he was just talking to me very relaxed, relaxed me. He was kind of sitting down on one of the one on one of the hoops, like how the hoops come down a little bit. There's this little area where you could sit like a little bench underneath and he was sitting there and just just talk to me like I was just a, you know, normal person. And this was kind of my job, even though I I was a little tiny high schooler. And so it was that was one of the greatest moments of me for me as a journalist or as someone who's working in media. And I'll always remember that because it kind of brought it back to earth. Like this is just a this is just a person, person. who I'm talking yeah. to, right? Even though I'm I'm in high school and this is an NBA star, an NBA all-star. And ever since that, I always know I always remember B Roy. He has the he had the sticker in his locker or the he had a little piece of paper in his locker that said stay humble written written on it. He was just this kind of class act and this is exactly that. Yeah. And this is real life stuff. Like this isn't just basketball. This isn't handling yourself to media. This is, Hey, I'm going to do the right thing in a situation because that's just the kind of guy that he is. And it just, it it was, it's really, I saw that he shot and I was like, Oh no, what? This guy has the worst luck, but it was for a reason where he was helping people out. And that that's exciting to see. And it was just, it's crazy to see that also the story doesn't break right away, right? Like he's not going out there seeking attention. He's not trying anyone to, and no, no one's trying to seek attention for him. It got you know? picked up. On. It got picked up on by someone else. So that's another thing to pick up on on, on this is that it, it's not about anything like that for him. And it's that, just that's just his life, and he just did what was right in his life. And you know the other thing to keep in mind too is that. This, <laughs> I mean, this is a very scary thing that yeah, no, it, this could have went very wrong, and, for sure. And so, I mean, in a way, it, it's it is very admirable, you know, the fact that he was able to, you know, put his life on the line essentially. Yeah. Um, but that's a scary thing because I mean, if that could have turned out a lot worse, and we would be having a totally different conversation today, of course, today. of course. And you know, it would be a very, very serious tone. Uh, everywhere yeah, in Portland I'm glad today. It's not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, those are two important things to keep in mind. Keep in mind. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I actually, um, my wife and I bought season tickets uh, the his rookie year. Yeah. And we had season tickets up until uh, the lockout year was the last year that we had them. But it was mostly because we had weird. Uh, having kids at that time, so it became yeah. a little harder to go to the games. <laughs> um, but you know, that was you know essentially. When he was in his prime, that yeah, run yeah, yeah. Uh, where he, you know, made three all-star teams and he was the guy that kind of revived the franchise after a lot of people had tuned out because of, you know, the negative stuff that had went on uh, with the Jailblazers era and then kind of yeah. the Zach Randolph stu- uh, era that followed that. Um, so he really was responsible for kind of 
uh, bringing a sense of pride back to Rip City. And obviously a phenomenal player. I remember when he was, you know, kind of in the prime of his career, Kobe Bryant was asked about Brandon Roy. I believe it was at the All-Star game. And he said, you know, I don't think there's anyone outside of me that has the kind of tools in his toolbox uh, offensively. Yeah. And that's a pretty big compliment coming from Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's how good he was when he was in his prime. And it's sad that, you know, his career was cut, sh- cut short uh, by injuries, but he absolutely was a classy guy. Yeah. And I will add to that to kind of relate it to today. You know, Portland's fortunate that they uh, did find another player similar to that in Damian Lillard, sure. um, who just, uh, you know, to kind of make the comparison, just won the Magic Johnson Award, which is basically... And Roy won that award, too. And Brandon Roy won that as well, which is essentially, you know, basically being great on the court and also off of the court in dealing with the media yep. and just being a, a good role model both on and off the court. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's nice that they have someone in place... And, you know, I, D- Damian has talked about in the past as well that he does have conversations with Brandon Roy on occasion. Um, so, you know, Blazer fans should be lucky that they have another guy in place that is humble and someone that does kind of, you know, own uh, being the leader of this franchise. And, you know, yeah. obviously very, very grateful that Brandon Roy is okay. He is also supposed to make a full recovery. He's back in Seattle now or back in Washington now recovering. Right. So it happened over the weekend and everything looks like he's going to be fine. Um, and going back on to what you were saying, too, it's good to see, I mean, people talk about his NBA career, and it's kind of almost like he's gone in a sense now, right? But he's still living a life, of course, and he was just named the Naismith Coach of the Year. He's right. a high school coach up at Nathan Hale, and, I mean, I've heard nothing but the fact that Roy completely turned around this program and all this really cool stuff. So the guy's excelling in other stuff, too, and it's awesome to see that he's living his life to another potential that he has as a coach. So it's cool to see him not only be done with, you know, be done with basketball, obviously, but now he's in stepped into another position as far as, you know, he was a player and now he's a coach and he's succeeding there too. So that's very exciting as well. Now, Gliss to the, to the, to the NBA, there's still basketball games being played. Remember (laughs) we're still playing basketball. I don't know. Have you kind of just before we get into this, have you kind of tuned out a little bit? I mean, yeah, and it's hard not to, right? Like, As a general rule, um, in, for me, yeah, I do. You know, when my team, you know, I'm a huge San, Fran- San Francisco Giants fan as well. Yeah, when my team is out, yeah, um, I do tend to pull back a little bit mm-hmm. and not be as engaged. With that said, I'm kind of going back around to the point where I'm starting to pay attention a little yeah. bit. Obviously, I have to pay attention I'm for still... my job somewhat, but. <laughs> Um, but I'm this start- produces the ball fist truth, by the way. They talk about basketball, on right? Show. Sometimes, well, you know, it's actually, I mean, even on the show, it's yeah. been like, oh, any what are Stanley you Cup stuff or anything like that? I don't think we've uh. even touched on it, but you know, I'm maybe, maybe when I'm, we get a hockey team, I'm just team. kidding, JC. I'm sorry. <laughs> Once we get a hockey team, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm not paying as much of attention, but I'm kind of getting to that point where I'm going to probably start paying a little more attention again because we are getting down. Um, you know, we're getting down to the final, what is it, eight now? <laughs> he doesn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. What is it? Is it a, is it a sweet 16? <laughs> um, but, you know, so, I mean, so I'm starting to pay attention a little bit more. I mean, there's uh, certain things like the Warriors, 
I, do I even need to watch any of the games? Not really. Probably, you know, Toronto. I'm going to comment on that in a second. By the way, we'll talk. We'll probably have an in-depth conversation about about that that basketball yeah. team. Yeah. Um, and you know, Cleveland, same thing. I'll like, say the it the series aren't super interesting. I'm. I, am, I, I, am I saying that? I'm saying that, and now I'm going to like. Oh, think of a series that is is that interesting. But no, I agree with you. I think Boston at this Boston point, Washington is the best series. Probably. It's the best series, and they have they have some bad blood. Uh, it'll be interesting. I will probably pay attention in Game Three to see how Washington comes out and responds. Yeah, and obviously Isaiah Thomas. Scores fifty three yeah. in game two, guys. On his Woo. on his late sister's birthday. you know what would be twenty third birthday. Yeah. So I mean that's a that's that's a kind of story that I would like to follow. Yeah. You know, you'd like to see you watch root for a guy like that. I watched parts of it. I watched the end. Yeah. And then um It was fantastic basketball by the Houston way. Houston got my attention. I mean, like the fact yeah. that the fact that they routed the Spurs, they Spurs the Spurs, and Lamar. I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, oh yeah, we're talking about L.A. today for sure. Yes, <laughs> um, I have to. So they did. They caught. They caught my attention because if you know, I assumed the Spurs would kind of roll over Houston. Yeah. And the fact that uh, Houston already has one game, I still don't know if if they're good enough to beat them in the series. But that definitely caught my attention because now you're looking at probably. A six or seven game series, um, there. Yeah. Um. So that that series has kind of piqued my interest a little bit. But outside of that, you're right. The storylines aren't exactly great. Yeah. Um. It's Isaiah Thomas, a little bit of bad blood with Washington and, and that's Boston. Kinda it. But that's it. Yeah. We'll see what happens between Houston and the and the Spurs coming up. But yeah, I mean, my attention's kind of. I still love to watch basketball, so I've pretty much been watching basketball every night. Yeah. Now, am I completely tuned in, like paying attention and not looking at my phone every once in a while? No. Right. <laughs> I mean, I am looking at my phone every once in a while because I just don't really. I'm not super interested in any of these series. Not fully but engaged. I will say this, Gliss. Going back to what you were saying about the Warriors, do I need to watch the Warriors? No, definitely not. I definitely it frustrates me to watch the Warriors and I don't want to watch the Warriors and yeah, I get they're the super team of basketball, arguably one of the best basketball teams that's ever played, sure. Uh, do I need to watch it? Eh, I don't know. But the thing is though, I think is that I do need to watch that series. I think for people who are fans of the Portland Trailblazers, it's pretty clear who you're rooting for the rest of these playoffs right now. Out of these eight teams, it's got to be the Utah Jazz, one hundred percent. I don't understand. Even though I've always hated the Jazz, I've I've kind of <laughs> all. But I mean, my two favorite basketball teams, like anyone else who lives in Portland, are one the Trailblazers and two whoever's playing the Lakers, right? Yeah. So then, Lakers aren't playing. Blazers aren't playing. I got to root for the Jazz. Yeah. I don't. I mean, same division as Portland. They've kind of they've never won. Have they won a championship? No, Jazz? Utah yeah. has never, never won, won a championship. No. I just wanted to make sure before I said that. Came close uh, twice. Came close twice in the 90s. And they have a likable team. Yeah. That is a likable team. I like Gordon Hayward. I like Rudy Gobert. I like Derek Favors. All those guys are pretty likable guys. And so I got to root Johnson. for them. Joe Johnson. Yeah. Iso Joe, man. Yeah. Of course. So that's the only reason I have any interest in that Warriors Jazz series is because I'm rooting for the Jazz. Uh, but that's kind of the only thing that I see as any worth, but maybe the Spurs rocket series has some worth now because LaMarcus Aldridge has completely disappeared 
as an NBA player, and I'm so happy about it. I mean, I am ecstatic seeing all this stuff that's bitter? going on. No, <laughs> bitter, bitter would mean I'd be sad. I'm happy. It's just great to see. I mean, the thing was, it made sense why L.A. showed up in the playoffs. He showed up in the playoffs for Portland in really two games that I can remember, right? Yeah. It's games one and two of that Houston Rockets series. Well, to make your point, <laughs> I was, again, I had season tickets during those years when it was Roy yeah, and yeah, yeah. Aldridge. And, man, when they had that four seed against Houston and Houston rolled in and Luis Scola came in and pretty much punked LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, so you're talking about two that straight earlier. Games. You're talking yeah. about that earlier series. Yeah, I believe yeah. it was 2009, I think. Yeah, yeah. Where Luis it was a 4-5 Scola, matchup. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, every, the Blazers won, Luis I think. Luis Cola <laughs> punked LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> he did, man. Whew. I think it was like, I think uh, Portland won 53 or 54 yeah. games that year. 54, I believe. They had home court advantage, and the Rockets just came in and punked the Blazers those yeah. two games. And a lot of it was well. The Blazers won game two. They did win right. game two. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, they did. And then, uh, but I mean, they. But Roy put up like forty. Yes. For them to win game two, I believe it was all Roy, and La- and Lamarcus did not show up in that series. Did you see what Ryan Anderson said about Lamarcus? Mm-mm. He said it was something like if it was. Oh no, it wasn't about Lamarcus. It was about Kawhi. It was like if Kawhi Leonard's guarding me in this series, I'm gonna stand out of bounds and just give James Harden as much room as I have as he can have or something like that you know and it's kind of just that that feeling for LA too it's like yeah you know they're just not going to worry about that or like if if Kawhi's on Ryan Anderson then of course Ryan Anderson's going to take him out of play and if LA is not doing anything that is worth them spending time on him then they're not going to have to worry about him and what did he what was his stat line in game game one it was just I, it disgusting. Was bad. It was just so bad that I can't even really remember what it was. It was like two for seven. And, and that game's like tonight. Six rebounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So game I'll probably watch tonight. that. I'll I, watch that tonight. I, w- I would like to see if uh, if he continues Will to Will LaMarcus Aldridge show up? Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, and it, it makes sense, the Blazers built their offense completely around LaMarcus Aldridge. They built it for him. They were dumping it into the post for how many post-ups a game. And it was that was their, that was their offense in a half-court set. If L.A. has someone that he can post up, and even if he doesn't, still go to him. And now Greg Popovich is not going to do that. No. He's not going to do that. Greg Popovich has been coaching in San Antonio for however many years. He has his ways. He knows what he's doing. He's not going to build an offense completely around LaMarcus. So LaMarcus has to find his spots in San Antonio in their offense. And in a game, in a playoff series where he needs to matter, essentially, that's all he has to do is matter. He he couldn't do it in game one. Now, we'll see if he can turn it around. I mean, we know LaMarcus Aldridge is a good basketball player. But it is kind of fun. I mean, Gliss, come on. You called me bitter earlier. But, I mean, it's a little well, fun. Well, yeah. I mean, there's definitely people in Portland that are going to root against him no matter what. So they're, you're I'm either not on, rooting against Well, him. I would say there's either you're on I'm just once, happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing. I mean, here's the thing. You're either one of two. Uh, okay. You know, you're either the Portland fan that's like, oh, he gave so much, and you know, we're so grateful. I'm a Portland fan on a spectrum. I don't want you to narrow me down. Well, to I'm two. just, I'm just saying, like, 
you know, there's a lot of people out there that are just like, well, you know, he gave us so much. And then the other people are like, nah, screw that guy. He <laughs> left. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I kind of lean towards the second as well. I mean, it's kind of like the Russell Westbrook thing. Like, if he's not with us, then he's against us. <laughs> yeah. So I don't give a damn what he did for, yeah. you know, nine years or whatever it sure, was. Sure, sure. You know, he... Uh, but now this has nothing to do with the Blazers, no. really. It's just like, okay... But it is. You do kind of, as a Blazer fan, yeah. find a little bit... You know, it is kind of... Um, and you you kind of look at it and you're like shaking your head like, you know what? Yeah. I'm kind of glad now that that guy's not on our team anymore. And I also just love that the conversation comes to Portland when he struggles. Because it's like, oh, LaMarcus Aldridge was a big-time player when he played for the Blazers. So everyone brings up, oh, he did this and this and this and this in nine years in Portland. And that's kind of where the conversation goes. Why isn't he doing it in San Antonio? How has his game balled off so much right. since, he moved, since he switched teams? So that's kind of interesting that the conversation goes there. And I kind of like hearing that, too, a little bit. That's that, that's that better part of me, I guess. Okay, yeah. Gliss, real quick, last part of the show here, offseason. What do you want? What do you expect? Do you have expectations? There's three picks in the draft. Do the Blazers switch it up that much? I mean, does is there is there much different of a team out on the court next season? I mean, what are you what are your kind of thoughts on what goes on in this offseason now? Uh, we'll probably do a lot of camping and <laughs> no, just, um, camp podcasts when you're camping, Liz. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, in terms of the Blazers, I would say I don't think they'll keep all three draft picks. I I feel I, would hope not. I feel pretty strongly that they're not going to use all three of those. Mm-hmm. Maybe two, or maybe they. Uh, use one. I kind of like using one. I I kind if if I so here I'll put it, I'll break it down like this. <laughs> if it were me, um, and I'm not gonna get into the guy who is making decisions, Gliss, but Gliss Olshay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he has better hair than me, but that's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I keep it real. <laughs> and so he, uh, you know, if I were him, I would be thinking. I want to make one draft pick. Now, maybe I use one draft pick and one of their big contracts yeah. to make a move. Because that's, I think if you if you look at the most important thing to do, I think they have to get rid of one of these bad contracts. Yeah. Um, they have the Just second. one would be a win, At least think. one of them. Because you have the yeah. second highest payroll in the league, the the youngest team in the NBA. That's not going to cut it. And if, It's a weird mix. And yeah, we have a, uh, you know, there's a lot of hope for what, uh, Yusuf Nurkic is going to be, be from the sample size we've seen. And I don't think he put up those kind of numbers by accident, but we still haven't seen him for a full season. He's young. I think there will be some growing pains next year, uh, a little bit of a reality check every now and then as That'll to be a good thing. Yeah. how good he is or how good he can be, what his ceiling is. But, you know, I don't think that you can just, uh, you know, rely on, you know, like, oh, well, we got the center. You know, I think they. They have to make some moves because if he does end up being a very good player, he's going to have a contract coming up and someone is going to pay that guy. Yeah. You're so right. I, if they, you know, it's his job as the general manager, I'm talking about Neil O'Shea, yeah. to kind of not only look what's happening next year, but what's, you know, what are, what, how is that going to affect uh, the next couple of years while you still have CJ and Dame under contract? Because obviously those guys are the cornerstones of the franchise. You, would tend to believe that Nurkic is also in there as well now. So if that's the case, he's under contract for one more year. You're going to need to make room to pay that guy if he is going to be part of your future. Sure. 
So they cannot afford to have Myers Leonard and Evan Turner and Alan Crabb. You know, they can't have all these guys on the books being overpaid. Yep. I, I don't necessarily fault them for overpaying those guys to an extent because Alan Crabb, I mean, they, you know, they matched an offer. He got offered that much money. So that's just the reality of the situation. They wanted to retain him, so they brought him back. With that said, now that you can reevaluate, I don't think you can keep all of those guys. So I think that's the most important thing is offloading at least one, maybe two of those contracts. Um, you know, if it were me, I'd kind of like it just from a basketball standpoint, like I'd probably lean towards like Aminu or something, but he's much more valuable in terms of what he's making for what he gives you. Sure. Um, so I think, you know, in particular, I think you're looking at Crab, uh, Evan Turner, and Myers Leonard's contracts. Uh, one of those three con- contracts getting moved, I think, would be a big deal. And people say, well, who's going to take Myers Leonard with the year he had? If you can package it with a, you know, fifth with the, you know, 18th pick of the draft or whatever, yeah. then someone might bite on that because sure. they might say, okay, well, change the situation. We get a draft pick out of it. Yeah, we'll go ahead and gamble on that. And then, you know, maybe you use that second pick uh, to, you know, package and maybe move up in the draft and get the guy you want. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. How can they maybe move up to target a player they really want? And how can they free up some cap space and get rid of some of these bad contracts? I like that. And I just want to add a little bit more to it. O'Shea has has had such good draft success that I like him with a mid first round pick. Just one, though. Like, it's just one. And yeah. then you maybe have a guy who is a work in progress for a couple years, or you have someone maybe you can put in a couple minutes off the bench if there's an injury, or someone who maybe can get in a rotation somehow or something like that and right. add something. Maybe it's a big man who comes off the bench or, you know, something like that. So I trust Olshay with the, with these draft picks. Obviously, you have a lot of pieces. This is a classic Blazer scenario. You have a lot of pieces, which is a good thing, but you got to be able to do something with it. Um, so that's good. Also... I've heard some news about uh, the Blazers coaching staff going, taking a trip to Bosnia and going and visiting Yusuf Nurkic over this offseason to get him to work on whatever the appropriate things that they want him to work on are. Right. I know so they've talked really about exciting. him adding a three-point shot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of that. Everyone's jumping on that train. I don't I don't really care about that at all. I, I don't necessarily want him to, so, but it's like, eh, if he does, if whatever. He, if he can add it to his game, it's a good tool to have. You look at someone like DeMarcus. There, I don't want him out there, but if, if it's a DeMarcus Cousins situation where he can step out and hit the shot, I think yeah. that's a good tool sure. to have. But yeah, I don't necessarily, you don't want to waste a, you know, a, a guy that big that can take up so yeah. much space in the paint to solely just sit out on the perimeter. But the number one thing, I don't care about the draft picks. I don't care about free agency and trades. Eh, we'll see you. If they yeah, can make you a trade. You don't care I, about anything. Yeah, the trades I probably <laughs> care about second. But number one would be defense. Work on the defense. And it's, I don't know if it's Terry figuring out a d- better defensive scheme. The Blazers' defensive scheme is good, but it hasn't worked with the, with the players. It's more of, I think it's been more of an execution thing. But they need to figure out the defense, and it needs to start from game one, where they are playing defense that is in the top 10 in the NBA. And it just needs to be focused on. It needs to be drilled. It needs to be hammered in because the offense is fine. If they can become a good defensive team, they'll be set to do something in the NBA next year. So I don't necessarily think it, ne- it matters as much on the end when, when it comes to pieces. You obviously have a lot of draft picks. you got to do something with those. So something will happen with pieces, but the defense needs to get drilled in. All right. 
This has been our first off-season edition of the Rip City Wake and Take. I guess our first episode of our show ever was an off-season edition because we did it before the season started. But That's that was true. during preseason times. So, eh. so we'll call this our first one ever. Gliss, I think we're going to take a break for a couple weeks, though. I think we deserve to enjoy. It's such a sunny day right now. So Beautiful. Maybe it'll last for a couple Beautiful. weeks. And, I can't but, wait to break out of this. Well, we're going to talk a lot of stuff this offseason. We're going to talk about the draft coming up. We're going to talk about anything that comes to this NBA playoffs right now and how it'll affect next year and anything that's going to affect the Blazers, any Blazers stories. Players they might target. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Players they might target. You can always come to us, the Rip City Wake and Take. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're always posting on the 750-1029 The Game Facebook page. Me and Gliss have the Rip City Wake and Take page we post on, and we also tweet. I'm at, at more of Alex. Gliss, where are you at? At J. Gliss Rip City. So you can catch us there anytime you want to. We'll always have the shows tweeted. I'll have a show pinned on my Twitter page so you can check us out there. But this has been another episode of the Rip City Wake and Take. This offseason, everyone, stay woke.